This morning uh, we're continuing uh, our study in uh, Hebrews 11 about uh, faith. How important it is for us to uh, understand what faith is and how it works and be encouraged to live the Christian life as God really wants us to. Thank you for uh, your prayers this last week as uh, we attended the uh, annual uh, conference of the Foursquare Church uh, this year in Anaheim, California. And uh, as I have been involved in these uh, conferences now for a number of years, it's been amazing how uh, every year it seems that new parts of the world are represented as we have believers from Africa and South America and Asia, uh, remote places, Indonesia, Australia, all over the world coming together to worship God. And we see uh, the nature of the body of Christ. How many of you know that uh, the body of Christ doesn't all look like us? That we're a part of it, but only a part of it. And when you see so many different nations and so many different backgrounds represented, and with the same story, the same song regarding the goodness of God, I think it gives us a little glimpse of heaven and what we're going to experience for all eternity. But <clears throat> you can't go to a meeting like that without realizing that God is up to something important in the earth and uh, we're part of it. And as I mentioned before, it's amazing how so many of the countries that 50, 60 years ago, we were trying so hard to send missionaries and make sure that they had a gospel witness. And the church has grown so much there and become so fruitful that now they're sending missionaries to the U.S. and to post-Christian Europe, reaching out. And uh, we're seeing a renewal in so many ways. And so we can thank God for His uh, blessings. <clears throat> As we talk about faith this morning... Um, I'm reminded of uh, Ginger and I arriving uh, Sunday night uh, at the convention and uh, finding out that they didn't have a room for us. There was no room at the end. <laughs> and so uh, we talked. I, oh, there, we have to have a reservation. I mean, some important people at Foursquare made our reservation. Well, there was no reservation. And so we talked a little bit, and I tried to make some calls, and still no reservation. I went back to the desk, and I said, uh, do you have just room for one night? And they said, well, yeah, we do have room for one night. Uh, and, and most of the other people coming to the conference were arriving the next day. And so I said, well, give me a room for one night, and we'll scramble and do something. If we have to move to the hotel across the street, whatever. And so uh, we had a little bit of a restless night, not knowing where we would be the next day. And we got up the next morning and we prayed that God would, uh, uh, would help us with our room situation. And then I went down to check on the parking for the car and I explained to them what my circumstances were. And they said, oh, we have a cancellation so uh, we can keep you in that room all week. And I was reminded of how practical God is. How many of you believe that God answers prayer in practical ways? And there are times when he just wants to let us know how accessible he is and how helpful he is uh, when we're in need. And uh, it was just uh, uh, an encouragement 
And as we're talking about faith today, you know, our faith needs to be practical. It needs to be an everyday kind of thing. We're, we're trusting God because we know that God is taking care of his children. Do we believe that? Do we know it? Sometimes we think that faith is some kind of a solemn thing where we get fixed in our hearts with certain beliefs. And that's all there is to it. You know, I was reading Martin Luther about faith, and he said, Faith is uh, manifested in a busy and active life in trusting God. A busy and active life in trusting God. Is that a description of your faith this morning? I trust that there's always something happening, always something to trust God for, always something that you're believing for, and knowing that uh, that kind of life comes as we trust and obey. Well, Hebrews chapter 11, what a wonderful, wonderful chapter that explains faith. And we began last week from verse 6 about the importance of faith as it's impossible to please God without it. We have to ask the question this morning, how many of us want to please God? What will please God? Faith. Faith. Then we need to know something about it. What does it mean to trust and to believe? Well, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who diligently seek him. That's the importance of faith. We see also the integrity of faith. Verse 1, for faith is the being sure what we hope for, being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. And by this, the ancients were commended. In other words, their integrity was about this faith where they were sure of what they hoped for. And they were tested and they were proven through life circumstances. And so it is with our faith. Our faith needs to be more than a feeling. It needs to have the integrity to be durable, to be tested, to be proven. How many of you have gone through a few trials, rough spots since you became a Christian? (laughs) Haven't we all? And how many of you found that your faith was only strengthened and you actually became a better Christian through that process? That's the faith that has integrity, the faith that can be tested, the faith that can be uh, proven. And so we learn also in verse 2 that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was invisible so that what is seen was not made of what was visible. What do we see here? We see as we look out at the universe we know that God created all things. And so we see the integrity of faith in verse 1, and we see the intelligence of faith in verse 2. Isn't it something how faith will give us a perspective on the world, on life, on reality, that only comes as our hearts are open to God? How many of you know that you can be real smart but still be a fool if you refuse to allow God to enlighten your heart. 
And so it goes. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God, is what Proverbs says. Because it takes the unveiling of the heart through faith to allow our intelligence as God created it to really embrace him and what he has made as our understanding of life. I'll never forget when I came to this revelation. Now, maybe you came to it a lot earlier than I did, but one day I was just thinking about God and what was happening in this universe, and I realized that I was created by God in His and in His universe. That I didn't create Him in my thinking, and He wasn't just part of my perception, but I was actually in His universe. He had created me, and I needed to adjust to the universe as he made it. It wasn't about trying to get God to adjust to my perception, my life. Now, maybe that's pretty basic for some of you, and you say, well, well, yeah, of course. But for me, it was a big deal. And then suddenly I realized this. Hear this. God was there whether I believed in him or not whether I was talking to him or not, whether I felt his presence or not, whether I was trusting him or not, he was still trustworthy. And something happened in my faith and my life and my walk. What a wonderful thing. I've thought a lot about uh, two kinds of faith, and I've shared this with you before, but I want to repeat it this morning, and that is two kinds of faith. There's the kind of leaping faith where we come up to the cliff and we say, okay, I'm going to believe and I'm going to jump off. How many of you have been there and jumped off? Okay, now, obviously, you're here this morning, uh, so it wasn't too disastrous. But uh, sometimes we get some bumps and bruises when we jump off in the learning process. Okay, and, you know, that's kind of my mode of operation. I've always been the kind of leaping faith person. Fortunately, God gave me a life partner who's more of a leaning faith person. Who somehow she leans into God and she doesn't have to leap. She doesn't have to leap to know that he's there and to trust. And so the leaning faith is where we abide in him. We are patient in him. We trust in him. We have nothing to prove, but we lean into his trustworthiness. How many of you know we need both kinds of faith? Both kinds of faith. You know, and as the Christian life continues, there are times when we need to lean and there's times when we need to leap. And we're, we're wise not to mix those times up. But just about the time you're ready to go, God says stop. And just about the time you want to stop, God says continue. And that's what it's about. It's about a life of obedience where we learn to to walk in faith. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I wanted us to look at certain uh, very important uh, men and women of faith in Hebrews 11. And we see uh, that Noah was moved by fear about the coming destruction of the world. And what did he do? In holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. 
and by faith he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness that comes by faith. I forget which uh, theologian observed that the great motives of men towards God, to know God, are, are three. There is the motive of fear. What happens if there is a God and I don't believe in Him? The second motive is gain. If there is a God, I have much to gain by believing in Him and living for Him. And the third and greatest motive is what Jesus really talked to us about, and that is the motive of love, where we realize there is a God, and He loves us, and He wants us to love Him and love one another. And I think that there's a lot of emphasis on the loving part and the and all that we have to gain in terms of blessings of God, and that's good. And sometimes in our contemporary thinking about God, we neglect the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. We don't hear much gospel today that causes us <laughs> to realize the consequences of sin and to fear God. Because he not only loves us, but he ultimately is the judge we will all face. And outside of Christ, there is no hope. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it's just a matter of opinion. But from Genesis to Revelation, apart from Christ, there is no hope before God's judgment. And so we need to be reminded. Noah feared God and was faithful to build an ark to save his own family. Now, that's an important image, isn't it? Uh, men, we need to carry that image into Father's Day. How about it? Where we realize the need as Noah feared God and was faithful to build for to save his family. So we need to fear God. And be faithful to build a life for a family that is secure and centered in Him. And we know that we can uh, withstand <clears throat> the attacks of the enemy. And so, something else we learn from Noah, and I, I want us to, to focus on this this morning, is that out of this relationship, this understanding, that Noah built the ark. We can simply say that faith builds for the future that God has that God has promised, that God prepares. And so there's a change in perspective as we realize that this world as we see it is not permanent. It's not eternal. We need to think about eternity beyond, and we need to prepare for that. And how he spent his life building that ark. And a whole generation turned against him because they didn't understand why he was doing what he was doing. Guess what? If you live your life as a Christian in this world, and you're making decisions based on eternity rather than on the present, you're not going to be understood by your neighbors, by the people that... <clears throat> you work with, by people who don't share the faith that you have. They can't understand what your motivation is. 
why you're doing what you're doing. But you keep doing it. <laughs> and why is that? Because you believe. And you know that what God has promised is more real even that we, than what we see with our natural eyes. And so it was with Noah. But that brings us now to verse 8 where we see Abraham. Abraham, who has been called, rightly so, the father of faith. It said, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundation, whose architect and builder is God. As Noah's faith built, Abraham's faith hoped. He hoped for the future. And he changed his life. He ventured out into an unknown land. Now think of yourself as someone well established in your time with lots of comforts and benefits and the beginning of a life that you had prepared for and a, a desire to put down roots and be established and to be fruitful and to be prosperous. And all of a sudden God says, move. Come out from among them. And you say, okay, God, where? And God says, come this way. Come north. Without the destination being revealed. I've heard Christians say things sometimes like, I don't mind God sending me if he tells me exactly where he wants me to go. You're not talking like Abraham. Because Abraham didn't know where he was going. But he knew that he would end up where he was supposed to be in the promised land that God had prepared. And so there's something about the venture of faith where we move out in hope. We move into the unknown. We find ourselves wandering and living in tents and not being able to establish ourselves because we're following God as he leads us into the promise. I can't uh, think about uh, Abraham and this whole process of hope without remembering something that happened about 40 years ago right here at Faith Chapel when a, uh, a shop teacher from Las Lunas stood up in front of us on a Wednesday night and described a Christian school that God had put in his heart. The gift of faith is an incredible thing as it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You think about how uh, Wayne described this school and how the name of the school would be Hope High School because at that time there was so much chaos in society and the public schools were uh, had so much trouble and there was so much uh, uncertainty, so many problems for, Christ, for Christian teenagers that wanted to live their faith at school. He said, we need to provide a school which will give them hope. And so Hope High School was born. How many of you were there that night? A few of us. There were several of us that were there. And uh, before 
he finished his testimony of his dream, people there in this prayer meeting, maybe 20, 30 people, we all felt moved, not asked, but moved by the Holy Spirit to give. And so we began to open our wallets and our take out our checkbooks. And that night, he received that offering without asking for it. And he knew that it was a sign from God that he should go ahead and step out in faith, quit his job, and move towards building Hope Christian. Several others that have been involved in this vision. And let me tell you, the first two or three years were so difficult, so rocky, that over and over again people would come to Wayne and his friend Howard and Dave and say, Are you sure you heard from God? How can it be that... uh, that this is God when you guys aren't getting paid. And we don't even have desks for the students. We don't even have classrooms. There was no going back, only going forward. Forty years later, here we are looking at Hope Christian School as the largest private school in the state. One of the finest Christian schools in the country. I know. I've researched it. I go to the accrediting uh, meetings where they talk about Hope Christian School as a model school. How the school has produced hundreds of graduates over the years that have served God in every type of occupation and manageable. Yes, there's ministers and missionaries, but there's teachers and businessmen and military leaders and scientists and on and on and on that would say that at Hope Christian School, that's where my faith was established. And they're grateful for their church and the Christian school that worked together to prepare them to send them forth. Let me tell you, uh, our friend Wayne Aylert, he was my Sunday school teacher I was back there in the high school group. I remember him teaching. Always loved to teach Proverbs. Remember Wayne used to love to teach Proverbs. And he asked me to help with uh, getting Hope Christian School started. And I thought, wow, I I didn't have enough faith, but I trusted in him. And I knew that God was up to something. And it was amazing what God did. But Wayne had no idea, no idea how great the fulfillment of that vision would ultimately be. I remember when he thought, we don't want to grow more than 100 students. We don't want to grow more than 300 students. We don't want to grow more than 600 students. Then it was out of control. Let's just do the best we can as God gives us grace. And now uh, uh, Wayne and Alma, and Alma was such a strong (coughs) partner in leadership of that ministry, up in heaven, looking back, (laughs) looking down. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how the faith that God put in their hearts was fulfilled in such an incredible way. So, what do we do? Like Abraham, we need to step out in faith, trusting that God knows where he's leading us and what he's doing with us. The third example I want us to see this morning is in verse 22. As we see Joseph, 
It says, By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. What do we know about Joseph and his role in history and all this? And Joseph believed in God and believed that God wanted to use him in a special way. And he was betrayed and sold into slavery by his brothers. And then sold again into Pharaoh's court. And then he rose to a position of great authority and went to prison because of for a, a crime that he did not commit. And then God raised him up even again to be a testimony and to be a blessing to Israel. And then what do we see Joseph doing in his function in all this? Just as surely as we see that through Noah, God taught us that faith builds. And through Abraham, God taught us that faith hopes. Through Joseph, now hear this, through Joseph, we see that faith blesses. As Joseph blessed his sons and the future of Israel and how he was a transitional figure who trusted God, a victim of incredible circumstances, but he kept the vision alive and he blessed those who could go on after him to be a blessing to the whole world. You think we need to identify with all three, don't we? In terms of the the faith that builds, the faith that hopes, the faith that blesses. And the older we get in life, the more we realize the value of the blessing. How many of you want your blessing to be passed on to your children and your children's children and on and on and on? And so it will. But it's faith, it's faith that must keep that vision and see the future that God has revealed. <clears throat> well, there's so much to see here. So much to understand. Let me summarize simply by saying, faith is important. <laughs> and we need to be careful not to uh, think our way out of faith. <laughs> Disobey God in such a way that we lose the integrity of our, our conscience, the integrity of our walk with God. We need to be careful to live daily according to the promise, seeking the blessing. And when we fail, when we sin, when we disbelieve, when we disobey, to keep coming back and humbling ourselves before God and realize that He really has a purpose for every one of us. We can't see it. We see part of it. But it's really, it's really His purpose manifested in each of us which will be fulfilled. Can I ask you this? How many of you are grateful to be belong to the Lord in this difficult, dark world confusion? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us when we couldn't even choose you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us when we had no love for you. Thank you, Lord, for calling us when we couldn't even hear your voice, but you persevered until we knew that we could live for you. And Lord, help us to be children of faith. Help us, O oh God, to truly, O oh God, to, <clears throat> to believe you 
to put our trust in you, to withdraw our confidence and trust and investment in this world and be obedient. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. Let's sing this song together. Have, uh, <clears throat> give God the opportunity to seal in our hearts what he wants to do this morning. Give opportunity for anyone here this morning that you're not sure of your relationship with God. We invite you to, uh, <clears throat> to just reach out in faith and we'll pray with you and help you to receive Christ as your Savior if you're not sure of your salvation. There's an old hymn in your hymnal if you want to look it up, but it's uh, Trust and Obey. Amen. It just reminds us how important it is to just hear what God has to say and just to do what he is telling us to do. Let's just sing that. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. How many of you this morning in response to God's word, you just want to lean into God all the more? Lean into him. Just put your life into his hands and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Not trusting in myself, not trusting in this world, not trusting in all the things that I would like to, to use to prop me up. No, Lord, I'm trusting in you. And then how many of you are poised with a readiness to obey God if he directs, if he leads, if he shows you something to do, something to say, a person in need that you need to reach out to, some place to serve, to say, Lord, I belong to you and I'm ready to be your instrument and your vessel. Lord, thank you for, Lord, for <clears throat> quickening our hearts this morning with your spirit. Lord, for reminding us of the importance of trusting in you and help us, oh God, to be encouraged and be all the more ready to obey you. Help us today, oh God. And Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Lord, I believe right now you're touching hearts, you're giving direction, you're encouraging, oh God. Lord, there are some great visions right here in this church this morning that you're putting in people's hearts, oh God, to serve you more effectively, more faithfully, more fruitfully. And so Lord, help us to say yes. Help us to look up. Help us choose not to choose not to disobey, to go back to the way things were but help us to go forward, venturing, venturing forward in faith. We pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray especially for anyone this morning that's burdened or has a need, oh God. Maybe there's a physical problem or a financial problem, oh God. Maybe there's brokenness in a family that needs to be healed, whatever it is. Lord, help us to turn to you and ask for your help. And we know that you will help us, Lord. Lord, we ask you to just dismiss us this morning with your blessing. Help us to know that we are your children in this dark world. That, Lord, that we are children of light, bearing light to a dark world in great need of hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As we're dismissed this morning, if you'd like to come up for prayer at the end of the service, if you'd like to take some time at the altar, please do so.
But know this, that God, God loves you, and God has a wonderful, wonderful plan for your life. Amen. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey, not a shadow. There's no